of the Cape. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh and welcome to your program Friday Nasiha with myself Yasmina Peterson coming to you all the way live from Masjidun Nur and that is in Leopard Street in Paul Juma Mubarak to each and every one and shukran so much for tuning in I'm going to be in your company up until 11.30 this morning and this morning's topic we are going to be speaking about cooperation for Muslim as well as in Islam and speaking to us more on that we are now joined in studio by the Imam of Masjidun Nur that is none other than Sheikh Zareer Murat. Sheikh, assalamu alaikum. Wa alaikum assalam wa rahmatullah ya sister Yasmina. Shukran so much, Sheikh. How are you this morning? Alhamdulillah, and yourself? Alhamdulillah. Shukran so much for taking time out to join us and speaking to us more on this very important topic being cooperation in Islam and cooperation in Muslim. However, Sheikh, tying the two just for those listening in at the moment, the, the basic background to cooperation within Islam as well as with our fellow Muslim brothers and sisters. Yes, uh, uh, Sister Yasmina, uh, cooperation in Islam, or uh, a beautiful word, or a word that they use nowadays, coalition. We mm. usually hear, hear it in politicians, with politicians using that yes. word. So what does it mean? Uh, it means uh, the joining, the word, working together, or col- uh, collaboration of different groups for a specific purpose or a goal. So we find that uh, people cannot live unless they cooperate with one another. There's a saying that I can remember still as a youngster that the people used to say, each one teach one. So meaning we need one another to learn from one another. And Islam teach us help one another in bir and in taqwa. We should help one another in virtue, righteousness and piety. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has created the human being as a weak being who needs to cooperate continuously with with his fellow human being throughout his life. And this is clearly to be found in the worldly affairs. For instance, uh, man needs someone to sow for him and harvest for him. And he needs someone to make tools, to market his goods, and to buy his things. For us ourselves having the festival in Paul, we also in need of people. Firstly, we are in need to make our festival successful. We need sponsors. We need manpower. We need stall holders. We need entertainers. And we need sound. And we need the support of the public and the festival goers. But they instead also need us. For whatever reason they need us, maybe financially or just to have a fun or laughter or come relax, we need one another. And to sum up this, we come to the conclusion that people cannot live unless they cooperate with one another. Mm. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, alayhi salatu wa salam, Sister Yasmina informs us in a hadith by saying, Khairun nas man anfa'ulin nas. The best of people are those who benefit other people. So we, are, we don't become the best by benefiting ourselves. But we become the best when we can help others, when we can cooperate with one another, when we can work one another, when we can understand one another. That is the time that we become the best of people. That's why we find in our government as 
a non-Muslim government or in Islamic governments, you will find these hospitals, these uh, play parks, these different things that people can use and in that way we become the best of people. Our Nabi alayhi salatu wassalam also made once a statement to Sayyidina Ali radiallahu ta'ala anhu and he said, the most praiseworthy are three deeds. Firstly, is being just to people even if it is against yourself. Secondly, cooperation and material help to your Muslim brothers and sisters. And thirdly, the Nabi said, remembrance of Allah in all circumstances. These are the teachings of our Nabi So in that we can see that the first thing the Nabi teaches is to be just towards human beings. Not only Muslims, but people amongst each other. And it becomes the right of the person that a Muslim should be just to him. And then the Nabi spoke about brotherhood as Muslims and said cooperation between Muslim brothers and sisters with one another. And thirdly, the Nabi taught Sayyidina Ali, in all these things that you do, you should always remember Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will always guide you. And so we find Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala reminds us in the Holy Quran with the happening of the treaty or the happening in the treaty of Hudaybiyah. We know it mostly as Sulh which teach us justice even if it's against ourselves. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentioned it to us in the verse in the Holy Quran in Surah Ma'idah verse 2. Allah says, Ya ladina amanu, la tuhillu sha'ayr Allahi wala shahr al haram, wala al hadiyah, wala al qalaida. وَلَا آمِينَ بَيْتَ الْحَرَامِ يَبْتَغُونَ فَضْلًا مِّنْ رَبِّهِمْ وَرِضْوَانًا وَإِذَا حَلَلْتُمْ فَاصْطَادُوا وَلَا يَجْرِمَنَّكُمْ شَنَآنُ قَوْمٍ أَنْ صَدُّوكُمْ عَنْ مَسْجِدِ الْحَرَامِ أَنْ تَعْتَدُوا Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Oh you believe, do not violate the rights of Allah and not the sacred months and not the sacrificial animals, and not the decorated, and not those who coming to the sacred house seeking bounties of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and good pleasure. And when you come out of ihram, then you may hunt and let not incite you the hatred for a people as they stopped you from al-majl haram that you commit transgression. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala speak up in this verse and Muhammad ibn Jarir, he says that this surah descended after the treaty of Hudaybiyah. So what happened there? We know in the treaty of Hudaybiyah the Muslims wanted to perform pilgrimage and when they came to Makkah they were stopped by Quraysh. And then the Nabi alayhi salatu wasalam signed a treaty with Quraysh and this treaty was an important agreement between Nabi Muhammad وسلم, representing the state of Medina and the Quraysh representing uh, Mecca. This treaty also helped to decrease the tension that was between the two cities. And there was many conditions 
uh, that was agreed upon, but one of the conditions was also placed that the Muslims could not enter or could not perform their pilgrimage at that time, but they could return the following year, and there would also be a 10-year peace between the two cities. But after the signing of this treaty, there was still great bitterness and anger amongst the Muslims, that they were not satisfied with many of the points that was agreed upon, because they did not like the stipulation, they didn't like the stipulations. But Nabi Muhammad wasallam binding onto the Islamic ethics, kept on reminding them, fulfill every promise that we made to them. And the Nabi reminded the Muslims, do exactly what the treaty says. So because of them not being happy, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala revealed the verse saying, وَلَا يَجْرِمَنَّكُمْ شَنَآنُ قَوْمٍ أَنصَدُّكُمْ عَنِ الْمَجْلِ الْحَرَامِ أَنْ تَعْتَدُوا وَتَعَوَنُوا عَلَى الْبِرِّ وَالتَّقْوَى وَلَا تَعَوَنُوا عَلَى الْإِثْمِ وَالْعُدُوَانِ وَاتَّقُوا اللَّهَ إِنَّ اللَّهَ شَدِيدُ الْعِقَابِ Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala revealed the ayahs by saying and, not, and let not the hatred of some people in shutting you out of the sacred mosque leads you to transgression. Because people are like that. Now that they are angry, the one is telling the other one, don't, we shouldn't let, allow them, we shouldn't allow them. We call it fitna. So a lot of fitna went around. As the Nabi Aslam encouraged them, don't go against the treaty. There were still people trying to set the light amongst uh, the others so they can go and disturb the treaty that there is. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala informed them in these verses and do not let you be the reason for the treaty to be broken. And don't you be those that become hostile against the people of Makkah. So we find in these verses Allah teaches also the people of Makkah were not Muslim. The people of Medina, they were the Muslims. So Allah was teaching them how you should love towards those who are not Muslim. Treat them with justice. If you came to agreement with one another, don't break your agreement. If you agreed upon something, love in peace with one another. They had a 10-year peace treaty. So if those people who was the Muslims, if they were not happy and had to break the treaty, there would have been again war or unhappiness amongst them. Shukran so much for that, Sheikh. The voice there of Sheikh Zarir Murat speaking to us more on cooperation with Muslims as well as in Islam, in which we will touch on a little bit later. For now, we break for ads, and when we come back, we'll continue with your program Friday Nasiha. Stay tuned. <laughs> Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. It's that time of the day to sit back and enjoy that special cup of coffee or tea. But you are missing some goodness, that sunshine sugar. Just add a little to your coffee and tea and that will make it nice and sweet. Also perfect for all your baking. So that is sunshine sugar, unbeatable quality at unbeatable taste. Get yours today all at cash and carry outlets. This is your program Friday Nasiha with myself, Yasmina Peterson, also joined in studio by the Imam of Masjidun Nur here at Lapid Street Masjid in Paul. That is none other than Sheikh Zarir Murat. Our topic for this morning is cooperation with Muslim. And just before the break, you have heard Sheikh Zarir speaking about the treaty that was done as well as the verses that were revealed by Allah. And now Sheikh is going to be continuing on that. Sheikh Tafadal. 
Yes, Sister Yasmina, we just spoke before the break uh, upon the ayat that was revealed for the Treaty of Hudaybiyah, where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala reminds the Muslims that they should not go against the treaty. And they should not go against the teaching of the Nabi alayhi salatu wasalam. Once again, I want to mention the verse where Allah says, And let not the hatred of some people in shutting you out of the sacred mosque leads you to transgression and hostility on your part. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala speak to the Muslims and say that don't you be the reason for unrest in places. We find today also, I would love to remind all our brothers and sisters, we will start this weekend, inshallah, where we will be dealing with brothers of other religion and sisters of other, other religion. So we need to be the example to them. We should treat them with respect. We should honor them. We should show them what is Islam. How Muslims live and how, and not what we see on the TV. Because the TV we usually find show the total opposite of what Islam is. Uh, we find that uh, sadly the media bring out Islam as a hostile religion. And we find that the verses in the Quran when Allah remind us as Muslims, Allah remind us to live in peace with people. We find even the hadith of the Nabi wasalam. I'll just mention the last part that is for this inshallah when we go over to how Muslims should live with each other, we'll continue or we'll start with the whole hadith. But in that hadith, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Nabi wasalam says, nasa hasanin. The Nabi wasalam says, and when you deal with people, the Nabi Asam didn't say Muslims, with people in general. nasa, let your akhlaq, your adab, your mannerism towards people be khuluqin hasanin with the best of character that you have. So when you deal with people, I always tell the children in my class, when you come and you see a person, the Nabi Aslam says, greet people if you know them or do not know them. Mm -hmm. So we have a tendency when we come, because I find it with many of our students, when they see me, they greet me, but they don't greet the other person. So I usually remind them by saying, when you see someone, you greet that person and the one that you don't know. Even if he's a non-Muslim, because people often judge you on how you are, of degree by your manners. So it will happen like this. You come and you say, Salaamu Alaikum. And the people will say, the person will say, Salaam. If you greet the other one, Salaamu Alaikum, the person will say, Salaam. Even if you say, Good morning. The first thing, the one that don't know you will ask, Whose child is this? And if they say, This is Muhammad's child, they will say, MashaAllah, it's because his parents are good people. So by you showing a good character, people will praise your parents. From where you come. But if you just do the opposite, greet one and don't greet the other one, they will also ask whose child is this. And when they say, immediately they will say, <laughs> So we're representing other people. We are part today hosting people from other places. So if we are rude towards people, it will be the whole power will be judged like that. If people come from Joburg, Durban, and people from Cape Town don't treat them uh, with respect and honor, they will say, Cape Town is it like that. Alhamdulillah, we are walking around in Cape Town as the friendly city. So <laughs> let me keep it, inshallah. And may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala continue uh, keeping that beautiful akhlaq and manners inside of us to always treat our guests with great respect and honor. But now, sister, uh, uh, we will go over, inshallah, to the uh, rights that Muslims have on one another. That is why we should treat people in general, what we spoke about now. Now Muslims have two rights. If in general we have a right as human beings to one another. But when, is, when someone is a Muslim, 
he have the right both of this world and of his religious affairs. Hence cooperation amongst Muslims is something important that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has enjoined and made it the basis for religious and worldly well-being. If Muslims achieve this cooperation, they will be a strong, integrated, united structure and a single body or a building. Uh, we find usually a drop of water can do absolutely nothing. But if we have thousands and millions of water, drops of water coming together, we might find a tsunami. If we find one grain of sand, it's nothing. One piece of snow is nothing. But as soon as combined, they become a force. Islam, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala teaches exactly the same. The Nabi alayhi salatu wasalam says in the hadith, Al-Muslim lil-Muslim kalbunyan, that a Muslim is for another Muslim like a structure, like a building. Yashuddu ba'aduhum ba'adha. The one supports the other one. And we know, if we look at the wall, we see this muwekha place there, mashallah. So it's kind of sinibakstinani. Ma'akhtari bakstina, we find that it supports one another. So the Muslims, Islam, encourage us that we should always support one another. That includes many aspects in life, in the lives of a Muslim, which are summed up in the words that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala use in this ayah, bir, and taqwa. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, وَتَعَوَنُوا عَلَى الْبِرِّ وَالْتَقْوَى وَلَا تَعَوَنُوا عَلَى الْإِثْمِ وَالْأُدْوَانِ Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, and help one another, meaning the Muslims in the time of the treaty of Hudaybiyah, those that were speaking ill and encouraging one another to go against the treaty, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala reminded those Muslims and help one another in bir and in taqwa, in virtues and righteous and pious deeds. Do that. Don't encourage one another in wrong and sinful things. Because that you are doing, that encouraging people to do wrong. For instance, there goes a rumor about someone. My duty is to speak beautifully about that person as a Muslim. And not going around and still light the fire and say, yes, he's like that and he is like that and I know this about... No, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala reminded them. Remind each other your duty as a Muslim is to work with one another in virtues and righteous deeds. If someone speaks to me ill of someone else, I should say, Khalas, I don't want to hear this. I don't know this person like that. Rather speak beautiful words. And Allah remind them and don't go and, and work with one another and sin and in transgression. So let us just see what, Allah, what is the meaning of the word bir. In another verse in the Quran, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala explained the word bir. Allah says, لَيْسَ الْبِرَّ أَن تُوَلُّهُ جُوهَكُمْ قِبَلَ الْمَشْرِقِ وَالْمَغْرِبِ وَلَكِنَّ الْبِرَّ And then Allah continues. So we will just say, Allah says that bir is not by turning your face towards the east and the west. That is not bir, obedience. Sometimes we travel and then we say, مَوَاسِ كِبَلَ so Allah says, obedience by finding the Qibla or turning your face in the east or the west, that is not obedience to Allah. There's things much more than that. Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala informs us and says, وَلَكِنَّ الْبِرَّ مَنْ آمَنَ بِاللَّهِ وَالْيَوْمِ الْآخِرِ وَالْمَلَائِكَةِ وَالْكِتَابِ وَالنَّبِيِّينَ وَآتَ الْمَالَ عَلَى حُبِّيدَ وَالْقُرْبَى وَالْيَتَامَى وَالْمَسَاكِينَ وَابْنَ السَّبِيلِ وَالسَّائِلِينَ 
في الرقاب وأقام الصلاة وآت الزكاة والموفون بالأحد إذا أهدوا الله سبحانه وتعالى says but truly or true truly piousness is he who believes in Allah number one that is the first one we should believe in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala then Allah continue and the last day and the angels and the revelation and the prophets so those few that I mention is to do with our arkanul iman amantu billahi wa malaikati wa kutubi wa rusuli wa yawmil akhir so all these things Allah mentioned first the arkanul iman that is true belief firstly believe in Allah and then we should believe in that last day that is coming. We should believe in the angels that is around us. We should believe in all the books that was revealed and we believe in four books. The book of Nabi Dawood, David, the book of Nabi Musa, Moses, the book of Nabi Isa, Jesus, and the book of Nabi Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. May the peace and, Allah, and blessings of Allah be upon them inshallah. And then Allah says, also we should believe in all the prophets. We can't say as Muslims, no, the Christians, they believe in Jesus. I don't want to believe in Jesus. I'm out of the fall of Islam. If I say, no, the Jews, they believe in Musa. I don't want to believe in Musa. I'm out of the fall of Islam. I have to believe that is true obedience and piety towards Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. When we carry out these things for Allah, then Allah continues and says, and spend his substance, uh, however much he himself if in charity to whatever he have he spend it in charity in sadaqah we should give our sadaqah we should give our zakah when it is duty bound upon us uh, to uh, uh, upon his allah says who should get it now this is the other thing sometimes we love to give to the whole world but we don't love to give to our family we want to spend our money on everyone but when it comes to our family i say no, we should not. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentioned to us, they are the first in title of our money. In the hadith the Nabi alayhi salatu wa salam says, Aghniyuhum ani su'al, make them rich so they don't need to ask others. They don't need. Once I was making khutbah in the masjid and a man came to me after the khutbah, he was not from Paul, but he came to me and said, you know, Sheikh, those words that you said was so true. He said, alhamdulillah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala have blessed me with wealth. But I never thought that my daughter don't have. I always thought she and her husband have enough. No, oh, they have enough. They got a beautiful house. They have a car. And then I used to give, alhamdulillah, I used to give to people. Until someone came to me and told me, do you know your daughter don't have in her house? So we judge people by looking at their houses and their cars and stuff and say, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala teaches us that we should give to our family even if they have. Even if they have, give them. Why should we keep away and prevent them from having? So Allah says, and spend on who? On your near of kin. Spend on, on them. And the orphans. And the needy. So we see the others is coming afterwards. The orphans. Very close. The Nabi Asam say, I mean the, the orphan is like that in Jannah. But they come after your family. Hmm. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, and the needy. And the wayfarer. And the beggars. And for the, uh, the, uh, the, uh, the freeing of human beings from bondage. And is constant in prayer and render the, uh, the purifying uh, dues and true pious are they who keep their promises whenever they promise and are patient in misfortune and hardship and in the time of peril it is they Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says who are truthful and they are those who are conscious of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala 
So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala reminds us in this verse, Allah informs us that true piety are these things that we mention. So if we look that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, وَتَعَاوَنُوا عَلَى الْبِرِّ Then we find Allah says, work with each other in virtues and righteous deeds. Everything that covers virtues and righteous deeds, work with each other in that. And then the second one that Allah mentioned is work with each other in taqwa. Taqwa is a word that we will hear many a times as we go closer to the month of Ramadan. Because the month of Ramadan is the, is the month that brings us closer to taqwa. Allah says, كُتِبَ عَلَيْكُمُ الصِّيَامُ كَمَا كُتِبَ عَلَى الَّذِينَ مِنْ قَبْلِكُمْ لَعَلَّكُمْ تَتَّقُونَ Allah says, I've made it compulsory upon you to fast as I made it on those before you. So you may become of those who are taqwa. That have taqwa. So what is taqwa? Taqwa, to explain it in the few minutes that we have, inshallah, before the break, is Sayyidina Ali says, Taqwa is khawfu min al-jaleel, wa'amalu bi-tanzeel, wa-ridha bi-qaleel. And Sayyidina Ali says, Taqwa is to fear Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That's number one. Khawfu min al-jaleel, wa'amalu bi-tanzeel, and to carry out what Allah has sent down upon us, the Qur'an. Wa-ridha bi-qaleel, and to be satisfied with a little, and to prepare ourselves for the day of meeting Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, inshallah. I think I will stop there before the break, inshallah, then I will explain it more after the break. Inshallah. Excellent. Shukran so much for that. A true inspiring speech there by the Imam of uh, Masjid Nur here in Lapid Street, none other than Sheikh Zarir Murat. This is your program, Friday Nasiha, with myself, Yasmina Peterson. For now, we break for ads, and when we come back, we'll continue with the program. <laughs> On the voice of the Cape. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh and welcome back to your program Friday Nasiha with myself Yasmina Peterson. Also joined in studio by Sheikh Zarir Murat, the Imamia of Masjidun Nur in Lapid Street, Paul. And just before the break, Sheikh has been speaking to us more on taqwa and what taqwa is. And now she have the opportunity to continue inshallah on that. Listeners, we spoke before the break. I explained what is the meaning of bir in the verse that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala informs us how we should uh, live with each other or treat one another as Muslims, that we should encourage each other in bir, in virtuous and righteous deeds, and do not encourage one another in sinful and trans transgression. That Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala uh, in that verse explained to us in the ayah in the Quran what is bir, and we have went through the various things that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentioned, the virtues and obedient things. And then we go over to taqwa. And we said taqwa is, we said, Ali radiallahu ta'ala anhu defined taqwa as being the fear of Jalil, of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, that is one of the names of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, and acting upon tanzil, which is the Qur'an, and being contented with qalil, with a little, and preparing for the day of Rahil, the journey from this world back to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Brothers and sisters, uh, listeners of Voice of the Cape, we should always, as, as Sayyidina Ali teaches, be satisfied with a little. Uh, a little, the Nabi alayhi salatu wa salam explained it to us in a hadith by saying, Laysa al-ghina kathratul ard that wealth is, or, 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 is not of how much ground you own 
or how much money or position you have, but but ghina is how satisfied you are with that what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala have granted you. So when Sayyidina Ali says, be satisfied with a little meaning, be satisfied with that what you have. Why a little? Because it doesn't matter how much we have, we always think we have a little. It's always a little. The Nabi alayhi salatu wa salam says, nothing will satisfy the child of Adam. Only the sand that will fill his, fill his belly when he's in the grave. That's the only thing. Do you give them uh, a gold, a mountain of gold like Uhud? They will want two mountains. That is the child of Adam. He's not, never satisfied. So Sayyidina Ali encouraged us by saying, Taqwa is to be satisfied with that what you have. And then also the last words of Sayyidina Ali is, Prepare you for the journey returning back to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Uh, a wise man, a person told me once, he said, he said that his father always encouraged him. He told him these words. His father said that people, always people prepare themselves for the journeys of this world. They always prepare them for the journeys of this world. So if we want to go to Joburg, to Port Elizabeth, wherever we want to go, we prepare us for Hajj, we prepare us. The cases are forgepakt. So people prepare them for, for journeys. But the main journey, the journey back to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, unfortunately or sadly, we don't prepare us for that journey. Uh, so Sayyidina Ali encourages us, says that is taqwa. Taqwa is preparing yourself to meet Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Our Nabi alayhi salatu wa salam says in the hadith, Ittaqillaha haythuma kun. We mentioned the hadith last night also on the radio after the dhikr, that we should be, we should fear Allah and be conscious of Allah Wherever we find ourselves, doesn't matter. Wherever we are in the world, if we have Allah consciousness, it will be very easy for us to adapt in any part of the world and not to commit any wrong. So the Nabi alayhi salatu wasalam speaks about taqwa and says, be conscious of Allah wherever you find yourself. And if you do make mistake, if you do flow because the child of Adam do flow, we should immediately follow up that uh, mistake that we did with something that is good. And then the last words was the words that we mentioned earlier. And when you treat people, treat themselves with the greatest of respect. But taqwa itself, it is to be aware of Allah's presence in everything we do. Whether it be in sleeping, in eating, in traveling, in praying, in learning, or relaxing. It doesn't matter. We should always be conscious of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. It is to serve Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala because we love Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That's why we do it. We have that fear inside of us because we love. We don't fear Allah like a lion. But if I see a lion, I run. We fear Allah close to how we fear our parents. If I do something wrong, I am scared they will be disappointed in me. But I don't run away of them because <laughs> So when we need something from Allah, we return to Allah, we always live Allah. So that is the way that we should serve Allah because we love Allah. It is to avoid all evil actions because of the fear of disappointing Allah. It is to please Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala by doing good deeds and avoid bad deeds. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentioned to us in the Holy Quran says, Allah says, Verily those who are pious, 
When an evil thought comes to them from shaitan, they remember Allah. And indeed, they then see the light. That is when there is taqwa. When we are conscious of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Our Nabi alayhi salatu wasalam, brothers and sisters, mentioned to us in the hadith by saying, the most common thing that leads people to paradise is taqwa of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and good conduct. And we find in the hadith that we mentioned earlier, the Nabi Aslam mentioned also both taqwa, conscious of Allah, and good conduct. And the most common thing that leads people to the hellfire is the mouth and the private parts. Those are the two things that leads people to the fire jahannam. The Nabi alayhi salatu said in the hadith, the person who guarantees me that he can safeguard that which is between his two lips and that which is between his two thighs, I guarantee that person the Jannah. So that is our tongue, our mouth, and our private parts. If we can guarantee that, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will grant us the Jannah. That is, brothers and sisters, how our Nabi alayhi salatu wasalam speak about taqwa. But lastly, I will just want to mention before we end off, that taqwa, the fear of taqwa. Uh, before I used to not like saying that taqwa is God-fearing. Because I used to question myself, asking myself, why should I fear Allah if I love Allah? But truly, fear is the only, one that govern, only thing that governs us. Because I came to realize if I drive down the street and there's a written 120, then I start to drive 120, fearing that I'm going to get a fine. If I steal something from a shop, I will fear I'm going to go to jail. If I do so, everything, fear is the thing that governs us. So when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Ittaqillah, fear Allah, we should fear by disappointing Allah. And fearing Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is, uh, is divided into two. We find praiseworthy fear and blameworthy fear. So praiseworthy fear is when I fear Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala because I am scared that Allah will be disappointed with me. And blameworthy fear, it is that fear that shaitan put inside of me. Shaitan put inside of me. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala informs us in the Quran by saying, إِنَّمَا ذَلِكُمُ الشَّيْطَانُ يُخَوِّفُ أَوْلِيَاءَهُ فَلَا تَخَافُوهُمْ وَخَافُونِي إِن كُنْتُمْ مُؤْمِنِينَ Allah says, this is shaitan, the devil, that scares his friends by means of his remorse. If you have faith, Fear me, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, and not fear them. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala teaches that the fear that we should have for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is that praiseworthy fear. That fear that will make me a better person. That will lead me towards living in harmony with my fellow brothers and sisters. May it be Muslim, may it be non-Muslim, whoever it is, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala reminds us by saying, وَتَعَاوَنُوا عَلَى الْبِرِّ وَالتَّقْوَى وَلَا تَعَاوَنُوا عَلَى الْإِثْمِ وَالْعُدُوَانِ That includes many things Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says and we should work with one another, we should cooperate with one another, we should uh, live in harmony with one another with these two virtues, these that is bir and taqwa, virtues, righteous and piety and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, but do not help one another in sin and transgression, in the wrong things.
Verily, Allah is severe in punishment. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala reminds us. So brothers and sisters, when we are going out there this weekend and we meet one another and we are maybe disappointed in something that didn't go my way, we should not be, uh, treat each other bad. We should not be harsh with one another. We should remember these words of our Lord that we should always carry al-bir and al-taqwa and we should always do those virtuous deeds, inshallah. Shukran so much for that, Sheikh. The voice there of Sheikh Zareer Murad, the Imam here at Masjidun Noor in Lapis Street, Paul, speaking to us more on cooperation with Muslim as well as your cooperation within Islam. And then also, just lastly, touching on taqwa and what the importance of taqwa is. So, some of the lessons which we have learned from this hutbah, alhamdulillah, is for us to be. I'd say obedient to Allah as well as cooperate well with your fellow Muslim brothers and sisters. Sometimes I feel that some of us are more prone to say, you know what, I don't want to speak to you because Hayt Suhamak and Sayyid Suhamak and so on. But we must definitely try our best in terms to be our best because what is it that we are doing within this life? We need to strive for the year after. Sometimes we won't see the benefits of the year after because it's unseen, but it will definitely benefit you when you are going to be in your cupboard. I hope that you have enjoyed the session with myself, Yasmina Peterson, along with Sheikh Zareer Borat. Do know that later on we will be having the Borland Summer Festival taking place here in Paul, as well as the Jumwa that will be from the Mashidun Noor in Lapa Street in Paul, where Fasih will be doing the hosting, inshallah. So the lessons that we've learned, once again, to keep that in mind, to keep taqwa in mind, God-fearing, and to also carry on and be satisfied with the little that you have. If it is something in which you have and you say, okay, you know what, I'm going to be spending this and I'm not going to have again, to know that Allah then there is the sustainer for you. Allah knows best and we need to put our trust within Allah Almighty. And then also the challenges and also to give charity to your family first, as well as going on to to the other people in which you need to give charity first. First, you need to give charity to your family. So they are entitled for you to give charity to. So if you are thinking about making sadaqah, then go around to your family and maybe, you know, make sadaqah and just do it generously. Just do it out of generosity and do a good deed, not wanting to have any praise from anyone because definitely it will benefit you. It might not come back in this world, but it will definitely come back in the year after. And then you're going to be confronted with it and you'll think, but where does this come from? And then Allah Ta'ala will show you your good deeds that you lived on this dunya as well as on this life. But Sheikh, before we end off, any last words from your side, inshallah? Subhanallah, Sister Asmina, I would just like to encourage our people once again that uh, when we come out of the festival, inshallah, that we keep these, word, these words of Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala in our mind. Even as mothers and fathers sending our children, our sons and our daughters, see that they are dressed bir and taqwa. When we deal with one another, maybe someone stepped on my toe, see that we speak to one another with bir and taqwa. If I'm a stallholder and oh, there wasn't everything that I wished for, let me discuss it, inshallah, beautifully and have in mind bir and taqwa. And when those who are there to serve others, that we do it with bir and taqwa inshallah and those people of us that is not so well we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to grant them shifa inshallah and those who have passed on we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to grant them a high place in Jannah and sabr in the hearts of the family members inshallah shukran sister.